Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Studs and Duds Sports. We're going to kick off our first full week of MLB action. Uh, Adam here with the Bishop of Baseball, Dennis Bishop. Dennis, what was the best image from you from opening weekend? Oof. Well, it definitely wasn't the Mets. <laughs> um, that was a, a real punch to the gut with uh, the whole COVID cancellations. Um, man, there was so there was so much going on. Uh, I don't I don't think I could pick just one thing. I mean, let's let let's break it down. Let's uh, let's get down to the nitty gritty. <laughs> <laughs> I think the best overall image for me was uh, the home run that uh, was hit in Detroit. The, the one that went through the snow. <laughs> oh, oh, yes. Oh, Miggy's, Miggy's uh, to start off where he thought he had a double and slid. Yes, that was yeah, the best. That, that was probably probably the best one for me because anytime you're playing baseball in the snow, it really kind of makes me laugh a little bit. <laughs> yeah, no, that uh, that definitely, that that was uh, pure Miggy right there. That was uh, the just the, just the like teenager in him uh, having fun, uh, but also the reminder that he's also creeping up on 3000 hits, 500 home runs lock hall of fame, or even if he wasn't to get those numbers, um, first ballot. So yeah, he, uh, he definitely, uh, you know, definitely did, uh, did his thing there. And, and the fact they actually got away with a, uh, a couple wins this weekend, uh, very unlike tigers, uh, that we expected, but, uh, that's, with, that's right. with Miggy and in the snow, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, that'll bring us into our stock up and stock down guys. I'm going to start off with the stock up guys in the American league. Uh, this guy, I'm going to start out with JD Martinez actually for the Red Sox. Uh, he was actually a stock down guy coming out of spring training. Uh, we both kind of you know, mentioned uh, that he kind of looked disinterested. Like he didn't care. He didn't really want to be part of a rebuild. Uh, <laughs> they started out the season with two homers, six RBIs, and hitting 533. So he's really turned it on. Are you buying this or middling or continuing to sell? Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to middle on it. Uh, JD looking uninterested during spring, uh, spring training. Uh, that's what veterans uh, have the luxury of doing. Um, that said, uh, you know, it's still, it's still uh, the card, the cards are stacked against you when you start to get to the age he's reaching we know he's never been uh, a great peer athlete so once uh once guys like that start to uh start to really put on the the years a little bit of weight you know even if it's not terrible weight you know it's, it's amazing how once you get to the uh breaking through the 30 barrier and beyond it it starts to slow you down just having having good muscle weight uh in baseball where you play so many days um there are guys can do it. His, uh, his swing can certainly handle it. Uh, there's no reason to say he couldn't be a Nelson Cruz. Who's obviously a major stock up because we're sitting here waiting to see if he can continue to do what he's done for seems like 20 years now. Um, and guess what he is. Uh, so JD, I'm going to, I'm going to middle on it. Uh, I definitely don't think he's going to be as bad as last year. This is exactly what the Red Sox need him to do. Uh, Cause those young bats, the young bats didn't come to play uh, during the with with the Orioles uh, series. The young Oriole bats they did enough to get uh, a series win. The Red Sox did not. So absolutely, uh, JD <laughs> does have to, JD does have to lead them. Uh, I think the second best hitter on the team right now is Chris John Vasquez. 
uh, this early portion of the season is definitely uh, being veteran led. So, you know, the kids, the kids got to uh, start picking it up, picking up quick because with the teams in this division, they'll fall behind fast. All right, let's uh, move on to, I got a couple of kids actually in the central division. Let's start with uh, the way too early uh, lead horse in the AL MVP race, Whit Merfield. <laughs> oh, Whit's, Whit's incredible. <laughs> Whit, Whit has opened the season. He's got three homers, nine RBIs. He's hitting 500. He hit another homer today, actually, which bumped his total up to three. Uh, Whit, obviously, he just said he's incredible. Uh, is this a guy you're buying for the season? You know, I'm going to, I'm going to buy it. Um, Wits, uh, we, we spoke of age already, uh, you know, aging outfielders. Uh, Wits not uh, as experienced as JD, but he's got the kind of body type where uh, it's not the type that you know how long it's going to last when you're speed-based player. Uh, he's had some, he said, he seemed to have lost a step. That's not uncommon when you're an offensive plus player uh, and, you start to get away from a lot of stolen bases, a lot of the extra uh, aggressive running. Um, but it, it is very, very, very capable of showing up in the rest of his offensive repertoire. And, you know, it's, it's difficult to keep these numbers up in a park like Kaufman. So I would definitely say that I could see some, some slumps coming, but he's always had the the talent to put the bat on the ball. So if he's uh, if you're telling me that he's pumped up a little bit, looking to replace some of that speed with some power uh, as he ages more gracefully, then I would totally believe it. Uh, he's going to have to really stay within himself because there's, even though it's not a terrible lineup, it's still not a lineup that's going to uh, offer him much protection game in and game out. Uh, so there will be some, some head games that I'll have to deal with, but, but I've always been a, a wit fan. So I, I'm going to take the buy. All right. Uh, moving on to another kid in the central. We kind of talked about, uh, Miggy and his Homer through the snow and the tigers actually winning a couple of games, uh, to start of the season. One of the big reasons for that was Akil Badu. Uh, this guy has never played a game above a ball. He's now got two homers, including one today in the majors, five RBIs. He's hitting 429 and playing left field for Detroit. Is this a guy that you are buying, holding, or selling right now? Uh, I'm buying him. Uh, do I think uh, do I think he's going to have uh, a, a generational career? No, but this is a guy who has a very explosive, uh, basically everything. Everything about is explosive. First step, the swing. Uh, he's a guy who was drafted by the Twins based on on that explosive ability as a raw high schooler. Um, he was a rule five pick. He had, he had some injury problems. He hit the, the required age to where they would have to throw him on the 40 man roster and the twins being in definite win now mode. They didn't really think they had the room for him. Let him go. The tigers being a, a seller, uh, at all times, seemingly recently, uh, are more than willing to let a kid sit on the roster and, uh, you know, eat, eat the bench basically, uh, until the year's over, send him back down for, for some more seasoning. But you watch the kid play, he might need it. There's going to be bumps in the road. 
but there's talent there and uh, Detroit needs talent. This is one of those things we spoke about a few weeks ago where you have to build your team differently when you're in a rebuild mode. Sometimes that means stealing a rule five kid like this and you never know. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, who knows? Uh, you know, David Ortiz was a rule five pick from the twins actually as well. So, <laughs> uh, you know, may probably not going to have the same type of career as David Ortiz, but the guy uh, or the kid has actually started out the season very strong and hopefully he can continue it for the at least semi near future. Um, I'm going to run us out West now and talk about probably the least surprising team. Although, uh, you know, the team recovering from trash can gate, <laughs> the Houston Astros are absolutely on fire. They scored eight runs in four straight games to start the season. They're trying to go for five tonight. They've already got four runs scored tonight against the angels. Um, Alex Bregman right now is the hottest hitter in baseball and who, uh, Jose Altuve is not too far behind him. Jose Altuve is leading the league in runs scored. Who are you buying on this Houston offense? Well, I'm going to definitely buy Bregman because he came into the off season with an absolute purpose. Um, we knew last year that, uh, he was going to have some things to prove and it was a rough, it was a rough year. So now he had the, the double motivation. Um, supposedly came into camp 20 pounds stronger without actually looking any bigger. So I'm assuming that there was uh, quite a bit of fat weight lost and replaced with muscle weight too. Um, I'm definitely buying it. He's always, he's always had uh, an extreme amount of uh, offensive talent, defensive talent. Uh, and whether we're not exactly sure what to make of it yet, clubhouse presence. Um, so I'm buying that one. Jose, uh, I, I have been super high on Jose since he was, uh, since he was in the minors, uh, compared him to Dustin Pedroia way back when it, it seemed almost impossible for someone of his stature to, uh, to do what he's doing. But I still worry about him making that full complete transition, uh, to a slugger if the knees can't hold up. So I'm going to have to see more out of him both the, the good and the bad. If he's slumping, you know, I know he's got the, the bat to play. If he's doing great, then I got to make sure that the, the wheels are still in check. So, so I'm going to hold on him for now. All right, let's move on to the national league. Start out with the, the team that took down my beloved Atlanta Braves this weekend, the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, I am stock upping their bullpen. Uh, the Phillies bullpen last year was almost historically bad. Uh, so far through three games this season, no earned runs allowed, one hit given up, and piling up the strikeouts. Are you buying or selling the Phillies bullpen so far this season? Uh, you absolutely have to buy the bullpen, um, it, mainly because it doesn't even have to be very good to still uh, well outpace last year's version. Uh, but they've got three big arms in the back with Archie Bradley, Jose Alvarado and Hector Neris. Uh, if those three guys can pitch like they're capable, then it goes immediately to one of the best bullpens in baseball. Jose Alvarado, especially, this is a guy that was an absolute horse two years ago. Um, he had some personal issues, never got on track uh, COVID year. Um, but this is a guy that has an exploding hundred mile an hour sinker. That's extremely tough to hit. It's the kind of pitch that got Blake Treen in uh, a lot of pub a couple of years ago. Um, this, this is the guy who could be the best guy in their bullpen and they don't even have to use him as the closer. 
Uh, he showed it again tonight uh, with the Mets. Uh, Pete Alonso uh, just couldn't get enough on it, and uh, it was able to get out of uh, get out of Dodge with a, a save and a four zero record. So uh, the Phillies are cruising, and it's going to be because of their bullpen that that offense and staff are going to come together. All right, let's move on to the National League Central. Two guys that acquitted themselves uh, quite or got very acquainted with the <laughs> Reds and Cardinals rivalry, and one that was a spark plug of the benches clearing uh nick castellanos for the reds uh three homers six rbis 533 and leading league in ops not to mention uh again getting a little rowdy there in st louis uh you buying this or selling (laughs) i'm buying i'm buying the spark uh that's more important than uh the numbers because that team can hit uh it as we've discussed earlier it's gonna be their defense where we saw uh suarez already have a difficult reintroduction to shortstop. Um, Castellanos, we we've always known had the bat. Uh, it's it's the spark that they're going to need when those dog days hit and they're uh, they're in the scrum because as we see some stock downs, I'm sure going to come out of uh, St. Louis. Um, this is still a wide open division because of just how terrible it can be. So uh, so yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna hold. We we know he's a very a good offensive player uh if he can make that uh, transition to really leading the clubhouse there might be something there but right now i'm expecting uh solid all-around offensive numbers from him but i don't think he's going to be mvp candidate we saw very very much the same thing earlier last year where it was winker leading the charge uh you know those two guys are very uh are very um uh not replaceable but comparable and it just so happens that Castellanos is the one up to the hot start now. Fair enough. Let's go to the other side of the dugout or the other side of the field and the other opposite dugout from the Reds from this weekend. Nolan Arenado, we stocked down him coming out of spring training, uh, but he looks to have flipped the switch. He's got a homer, three RBIs, hitting 412 after the weekend. Uh, looks like he is kind of rounding back into form away from Colorado. What do you make of this? Uh, definitely, definitely a positive development. Uh, we are still talking about uh, uh, hitters park, so we'll kind of keep a keep keep an eye on that. Really, uh, the most important thing for the Cardinals uh, was that they had a team that uh, the the veterans are playing. Uh, you know, Goldschmidt got off to a good start. Dijon got off to a good start. We already mentioned Arenado and Yachty won't will never hit much, but we saw him in the middle of the dust up, so he still got his spark to him. And if you want to talk about spark then that's, uh, that's the guy to start that conversation all day long. So uh, solid, solid start there. Um, kind of giving us a little look that pitching needs to improve big time, but uh, at least the offensive, uh, the guys they expect to depend on have been there. All right, let's move on to the West. Uh, two guys that we probably won't talk about too much. One for the Dodgers that doesn't get much mention. Will Smith, this guy, <laughs> Will Smith in his career averages – one homer every 10 at bats <laughs> the guy if he was a regular player he would hit 41 bombs every year i mean how deep is this dodgers team and do you think will smith might actually get more playing time uh so will smith uh the, the answer to the first question is very very deep and in fact uh i'm gonna give a stock up guy when we're done talking about will smith that uh, kind of shows that um but going back to will 
this is a, a pretty amazing development for him. I, and I, I absolutely think it's real. I think that this guy is, you know, he, he's, oh boy, I, I'm going to say he's probably the top offensive catcher in baseball. Um, and I think we would already completely be sold on that if he had gotten the playing time, but he plays for the Dodgers. There's going to be rotations. Uh, you know, he's probably another two years of doing stuff like this away from finally them saying, okay, go suit up for 120 games. Let's push the envelope. Uh, let's get you some games at first base. Uh, you know, but the, the talent is real. This kid was uh, actually looked at it as a defensive first player. Uh, when he was at a when he's at, at Louisville, which is uh, a major baseball factory in college baseball, and you know the Dodgers liking what they what they see when they see it, grabbed the defensive first kid, developed him, and now he might be the best offensive catcher in baseball while still being defensive oriented. Oriented, so a uh, huge thing there. But I also want to bring up a kid named Zach McKinstry, um, a, still technically a prospect, but uh, a little bit, a little bit older, but this guy's gone off to a great start too. This is just, uh, this is more buying the Dodgers, uh, really than just McKinstry. Uh, it's just how they, they find and develop the guys constantly, the Justin Turners, the Max Monsies, and a lot of the, a lot of the prospect sharps were on this kid as being the next in line, uh, as long as he could wrestle enough playing time away from the guys like uh, like Lux, who was off to a decent start himself um, after being only the number two prospect in all baseball last year. Uh, if McKinstry can get enough playing time, then they think that he can be the next in that line of uh, complete, uh, complete uh, created all-stars, if you will. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, last thing I'm going to talk about in the West from a team that we don't really talk about too much, the Arizona Diamondbacks. Kettle and Marte, two homers, three RBIs, hitting 563 to start the season. Something the Diamondbacks sorely need is uh, uh, Marte to kind of, you know, be a star or at least a, a solid everyday player that they don't have too many of those right now. Yeah, Kettle, uh, I'm going to hold for now just because I got burned by Kettle all year last year waiting for that power to come back that uh, – that kind of left him and started the talk of whether the ball had been dejuiced already or not. Um, he, he crushed it in spring, which was great to see. And the start he's gotten off to this year, he might be one of the most dangerous hitters in the game uh, at this point uh, of the season. But there's a, the, there was a real lack of pop last year that, just really makes you wonder, you know, if there was uh, a nagging injury that he didn't want to let on or, or what happened. He still put the bat on the ball, but he's not a guy who's going to really take his walks normally. So if he's not hitting with that authority, then you're left with a speed-based player that hasn't really been that guy since, uh, since a few years ago um, when it was more legs than power. So it's great to see. I want to see it for another few weeks before I, uh, I, I buy back in, though. All right. Uh, let's move on to our stock down, guys, from opening weekend. Uh, first off, let's go with Giancarlo Stanton. 083, 4Ks, and 12 at-bats. Uh, are we concerned that the injury history is still there, or is this just a slow start for him? 
I would have been concerned. And then he uh, crushes a 470 footer today. So um, <laughs> I'm still, I'm still holding. It's never, it's never been something that's out of the ordinary for him. He's an incredible physical specimen. You know, these last few years, it's hard to forget that the guy is still on a hall of fame track and still as, as great as, as great as Mike Trout uh, has been um, as great as uh, you know, some of the, 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 the slightly beyond generation of Pujols and, and Cabrera, uh, all Hall of Famers. It's hard to believe that really Giancarlo is, is still the, the, the epic top of the modern power guys. Uh, we just don't see it because he's not healthy ever. So the fact that he can still turn on a ball, I don't think that was really in doubt. So I'm still going to go with Sell um he's he's got to be on the field he's got to do it uh it's it's a struggle right now because it seems like every time he's about to heat up there's something nagging that happens so um that's something for him to figure out but i'm not going to buy in quite yet i gotta see him play games all right let's uh talk about one of the guys in the central uh miguel sano from minnesota Starting out really, really slow, but the concerning thing for me, or at least that I looked at, eight strikeouts and 15 at-bats, that, uh, that is not good. <laughs> if you're not making contact, you're not even getting the uh, moving guys over, you know, getting those fly ball RBIs or ground out RBIs either. So Yeah, no, not, not, not good at all. Also, not uncommon for, uh, for Sano. Uh, I am stocked down on him. I, when he makes, when he makes contact, he is one of the most electric hitters in the game, but it seems like every passing year becomes more and more of a question of if, um, this guy came over, uh, as a Latin prospect at 16 as that year's big heralded the same kind of hype that a guy like Jason Dominguez is getting this year. Um, it's, he was really transcendent and he just, he just can't put the bat on the ball enough. And his body can, you know, his body is not limber and athletic enough to have many defensive homes. So it's, it's going to be an all or nothing swing. I, I, I feel until he hangs them up, which hopefully will still be a decade from now, but uh, I'm going to sell this one for now. All right, let's move out west. Uh, two guys, first off, Anthony Rendon hitting one eight, starting season for the Angels. Do you think this is just a slow start while he gets comfortable, or is there something else going on here? No, I'm going slow start. He's uh, he's one of the most consistent hitters in the game and plays uh, great defense too at the same time, which always helps you stay on the field. Always helps you fight through those slumps when you're you have something positive to look back on from a game where you took an over. Um, no, this is just early season. I'm gonna I'm gonna buy all the way. All right. And last stock down for the American League. Uh Matt Chapman specifically, but really it's the Oakland Athletics as a team. <laughs> they gave up. Uh I mean we talked about how Houston was hot and they put up eight runs over <laughs> per game over their first four. They played the athletics. Um <laughs> so Oakland kind of they didn't hit, they got routed all weekend. Um are we completely stocked down on them or is there any, any redeeming qualities here that we can look forward to? I'm not going, I'm not going to go completely stocked down. Cause every time you do, 
uh, it seems like Billy Bean uh, runs off a streak of, uh, of about nine wins in 15 games. Uh, so I'm going to say that the, I'm going to be a little bit more cautious uh, than that. Uh, Chapman does worry me because I've been a big Chapman fan forever, uh, but he had some injury issues. Uh, it wasn't his best uh, short season last year. Um, I think he's, I think he's still struggling with, with kind of who he is. He came out, uh, came out of college as a guy who, who had it, who had a lot of raw power, but it didn't really materialize in college. And then he started to really pack on the muscle, get his swing down and became almost all power. Then he kind of found an in-between, but it's, it's, it's really been mechanical adjustment after mechanical adjustment with him. So the fact that he is start he is starting so slow, uh, it is reason for concern. I'm not going to sell yet because I love the type of hitter he is, but I am getting closer. So I'm at best a hold. All right. Uh, let's move on to your stock downs for the National League. Um, I'm going to kick us off with the one that pains me the most, uh, the Atlanta Braves offense, 35 strikeouts, <laughs> against the uh, Philly starting pitchers. Their entire infield is like one for the season. They have five of the bottom 15 guys for OPS and their starting lineup uh, going into tomorrow's start with the Nationals. Uh, and I know it's not really uh, uh, if they're going to start hitting, it's more of a when do you see some of these guys waking up? Um, I'm a little concerned because as we discussed uh, when we discussed how important it was that Marcel went back there, I am just, I am concerned just because of the, that amount of youth in that clubhouse. A lot of guys that when things go rough, they might be trying to do too much and not know how to, to lead quite yet. I think this is where you could see some, some issues with not having a Nick Marcakis around anymore. Um, I do think at the end of the year, a lot of the lines will look solid uh, and even enviable. But the question is, will they do it at when when the timing is right, as is often the difficulty in baseball to not just put up the stats, but do it in the situations that lead to wins. Um, I'm going to slightly sell for now. Uh I'd really, I'm not too concerned with a guy like Acuna at the moment because we know he's a very streaky hitter. He'll go, he'll go 0 for 20. And then before the end of the next week, he's all of a sudden in the top 10 running for home run leader. So, so I'm not too worried there. Albies I'm a little concerned with because he's a guy that did change his game going from prospect to major leaguer where he incorporated power that, that pretty much no scout believed was there. And I do wonder if now, as he's had some years in the league to start getting figured out by pitchers, I'm wondering if he might start to have, have some issues with deciding who he is somewhat like Altuve did as another diminutive second baseman. I like Altuve's abilities better. His was more physical, but a similar, a similar kind of result might be brewing. Um, yeah, I'd I'd really like to see Swanson step up. I think I think Swanson is the guy who could be the key to that team. 
He plays the great defense at short, so he's not coming out of the lineup. Uh, he was he was raised in in the Vanderbilt pressure cooker, um, a little bit older than some of the other top prospects that he graduated with. I'd like to see him uh, really step up and really start to produce on a consistent basis. Yeah, he's the, he's the one guy that I would look for to be more of a catalyst for that offense. And we're really going to kind of see – we're going to have to see Freddie Freeman kind of take on more of a leadership role. Now that Marquez is gone, I think he's going to be the guy along with obviously bringing Azuna back. Um, but Freeman is the, the guy that's been there. He's the homegrown prospect. You know, he's a guy that has, has been there. Uh, he's going to be the one that's really going to have to step up and show these guys how to – work out of slumps and slow starts. So I think that'll be interesting to, to watch as the uh, next couple of weeks unfold here. Uh, moving on to the central, um, Joey Votto, 167 to start of the season. Is he kind of, uh, it, are, are we concerned that the age is getting to him? Or, and, uh, you know, is this kind of where he's going to, is this the season where he kind of tails off or do you think he's going to be able to pick it up? No, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go a sell. Uh, I think they're gonna have some some difficult decisions to make because one of the ways that they could improve that defense is by getting one of their slower footed outfielders to first base. And so, but that's that's got a ripple effect throughout the clubhouse if you're taking Vado out of a, uh, an everyday role. It I'd like to say it's premature to talk about that, but we've seen Vado on the decline for a while now. Uh, I don't think it's coming back. I think. I think I'm sticking him in a similar place as Pujols and Cabrera, where as much as you root for it every year, and then you see signs of life and you get a little bit excited, probably overexcited. Uh, it's, it's probably time to start moving on from Mr. Votto. All right. And the last stock down guy I have not for the offense, but for the defense, uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. Five errors over the weekend. He had three all of last season. Uh, is he developing a throwing problem? Is it something that uh, San Diego should be semi-concerned of? Well, I definitely think they should be semi-concerned because uh, let's let's take us back a, a couple of years in the Fernando Tatis development story. Uh, two years ago, when he was uh, showing to proving to be absolutely electric with a bat uh, and his his foot speed, this was a guy that did not look like a shortstop, uh, and given his age and build, it looked like he was quickly going to be uh moving to third base because of his size where you had the issue of Machado so there were questions there and then he made a dynamic recovery defensively and the story was that he started to focus a lot more on the simple plays because that's what drove his air rate up so he had a great defensive year last year but it was over a short 60 game stretch so it makes perfect sense to not be sold on the defense coming into this year. And then the amount of errors, I'm sure it's mostly a matter of the contract, the pressure, um, and just a, a bad beginning to the season. But he did have the shoulder injury uh, late in spring. And then he also went down tonight after uh, it, what appears to be overextending out of swing, uh, same shoulder. So we'll keep an eye on that, but I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with a slight sell just because I think that shoulder's bothering him more than he's trying to let on. And it's probably the, the last stimulant he really needs to, 
to be showing this negative defensive effort early. Yeah, and as you mentioned, he did go down kind of overextending on a swing tonight. It looks like he was grabbing his wrist. He's out with an undisclosed injury at this point, uh, but maybe it's enough to kind of put him on the shelf for a little while, let his shoulder get right. And uh, yeah, you know, that's, that's I'm, I'm not I'm not I'm buying everything about the offensive talent, but I am I'm just want to throw in the caveat that this is based on the fact that I'm I, I'm just wondering if that injury to that arm is a little bit more serious than they're trying to let on. Yeah, and and with him going down tonight, maybe it'll give the uh, Padres an excuse to kind of shelf him for a while to get that healthy. They definitely have the depth. Uh, it would be disappointing. Uh, it, it would be very disappointing and a blow to baseball overall uh, that just has had such difficulty keeping their stars healthy, it seems. Um, but it would, uh, at least as far as a team goes, it, the, the Padres, they're going to be fine if they lose him for, you know, an extended period. As long as he's back by mid by midseason, back for the playoff stretch, they've got so much shortstop and infield depth. Uh, I'm sure they don't want to call C.J. Abrams up already, but it would give them an electric athlete to at least replace that portion of Tatis's abilities, as well as uh, Kim, who they brought over to uh, as the best of uh, the foreign free agents this year, who I don't even think he's barely gotten into many games. Uh, Jake Cronenworth is definitely a stock up guy as, as he's continued to do what he showed last year and kind of being that Jack of all trades hitter setting the table for some of these bigger guys. So the Padres overall will be fine, but, they got to get him healthy for that stretch run. Yeah. And you kind of started into it and, and with our next segment here, but let's talk about some of that depth in our down on the farm. Uh, let's start out with that Padres farm system. I know uh, there's a bunch of guys that you wanted to bring up this week, Luis Camposano, um, Ryan Weathers, who's already in the majors. Um, and then obviously if anyone is going to be called up to replace or fill in for uh, Tatis, if he goes on the shelf for a little while, uh, who are you buying in this uh, farm system here? Well, it uh, let, let's put it this way. It's, a, it's an incredible farm system in that uh, they were able to acquire the depth of pitching that they did this offseason and still retain about six or seven of their top ten prospects in what was probably the, the, the overall number two system to the Rays, perhaps even the number one. And it's still sitting top five. So, so that's a, a lot of respect to their scouting department, their developed department, uh, as well as AJ Prowler pulling the, the trigger on those trades, uh, keeping the right pieces uh, in place. Um, but this is, this is a, a great example of building from within because not only did the players that they get uh, come from the value that they create on the farm, but now they've got a, a few guys here. Uh, Luis Campusano uh, is a top hundred catcher. Um, he is not, he probably that tier that's below the Adley Rushman, Joey Bart, and depending on how hard, uh, how high you are on him, uh, Francisco Alvarez of the Mets, who's uh, only 19 years old, but shooting up lists uh, because of his all around abilities. This guy's probably, uh, at, at the top end of that second tier. And they've got him in the big leagues right now, backing up Victor Caterini because of the injury to Austin Nola uh, in spring. Now, 
Campusano will probably go back to the minors, but the fact that you've got a kid who uh, you're able to call up a top hundred prospect to actually give you big league depth while other teams are doing what they can to, to keep their guys in the farm and keep their arbitration clocks. Uh, that's pretty impressive. And it's not just limited to Campusano because you mentioned Ryan Weathers. Uh, Ryan Weathers was a, was uh, a, an, an, major league baseball bloodline uh himself he's got uh some great stuff it's ticked up the last couple of years this is a guy that now can hold mid 90s as a as a left-handed starter can touch 97 out of the pen and uh it, it appears he can do both because they've got him sitting in the pen as opposed to developing as a starter and given their depth on the major league roster that's probably not a terrible idea uh, but not many teams have that luxury, probably just the White Sox, uh, who have made that a priority to do so ever since the Chris Sale draft. Um, so Ryan Weathers giving them uh, immediate value out of the pen. And then you got an older prospect in Jorge Mateo that the Yankee fans out there probably remember as he was uh, at one point supposed to be their next uh, stud shortstop with uh 80 grade speed out of 80. Um, he's interesting because he's uh, on the bench, but he's getting a solid amount of playing time and is perhaps the fastest guy on the team. And there's a lot of team, team speed there. So he's got burning speed. He actually hits the ball with quite a bit of velocity. Uh, he just strikes out too much, but he's doing a solid job of uh, taking care of his opportunities this year. We'll keep an eye on him because he's got some major boomer bust ability and he's been on top prospect lists for a long time now. So if the Padres can flip him, uh, flip that switch like the Dodgers often do with uh, X prospects, then uh, then watch out. All right, let's move on to our first call up of the season. Uh, Gibraldo Perdoma got called up today by the Diamondbacks from uh let's let's uh hear your scouting report on him from the farm uh perdomo right now this looks like a temporary call-up uh due to a nick ahmed injury but if you have a look around that middle infield uh in arizona there's definitely room for this kid um so my kind of opinion is if you're going to call him up we know that the diamondbacks are not exactly uh slated to be uh a, a top contender they're already one in three um I'd love to see this kid play because he's a guy whose calling card was defense and speed, but he's got a nice lanky six foot one, six foot two frame uh, where he started to show some power. Um, it could be a little bit of a train wreck and you do wonder about a kid's uh, ability to bounce back from those rough stretches, but there's a lot of positive makeup traits here. Um, he, I think you could see this kid being uh, a very well-rounded five-tool shortstop. And those are the guys that, if you haven't noticed, uh, are getting paid quite a bit of money. So, <laughs> so I, think, uh, I think this is a guy that uh, the Diamondbacks, uh, they should really let stay up in the bigs. Really, you know, feed him every day at bats. Uh, don't just sit him on the bench because, uh, because of the fact that he is a temporary injury call-up. Uh, I'd like to see him play. We're talking about a top 75 range prospect. Uh, he, uh, he has only played up to advanced A, but he did damage there. 
And he also has experience in the Arizona Fall League, which is often seen as a finishing school for prospects looking to make uh, their big league debuts the following year. All right. Uh, that's going to bring us to our series to watch this upcoming week. Uh, two of them, actually, I'm going to keep my eye on the Angels all week. They're starting off the week playing the Astros. They just come off of winning three out of four from the White Sox, who we both feel is the top team in the AL Central. Now they got to face the Astros, who <laughs> look like world beaters after their four games against Oakland, and they are definitely on the revenge tour after Trash Can Gate. After that, they are going to travel this weekend to play the Blue Jays, who are one of the top teams, if not the top team in the AL East. Uh, so what do, what do you make of the Angels? Are we going to kind of see what they're really made of after two weeks? I think we're going to see a lot of uh, high-scoring games. Um, it, it's good to see that the Angels, uh, the Angels hitters are coming to play. Trout hasn't exactly set off the fireworks and frankly, he's been overshadowed by Otani. Now we do have to see what the extent of the Otani ankle injury is after the collision at home plate uh, last night. But uh, the rest of the guys, Trout, he's hitting uh, one of the big up guys that we didn't talk about uh, is uh, Jared Walsh. The fact that he's OPSing one, uh, 1,830 something right now, uh, that's huge because this is the guy who, who came on the scene. And I know for the last four years, it seems like every four months, there's a new rookie that comes up, crushes a, a new record-setting amount of home runs in a short period of time, and then starts to fade away a little bit. But uh, he's off to a great start after a, a weak spring. He is very important to that lineup. That's where you're going to get some help for Trout, for Rendon. Upton is still playing pretty well. Uh, after his hot spring and uh, Max Stassi their journeyman catcher uh, is is hitting very well too after a very solid offensive uh, uh, shortened season last year so the offense I'm I'm actually I'm actually starting to buy a bit Uh, the pitching however the pitching's rough Um, it kind of gives you a sense of why they're so desperate to keep Otani as a starting pitcher when you look across the board uh, you know, Bundy did okay, Cobb did okay, but those those veteran innings eaters, uh, they'll only get you so far. And if you really want to contend, they're not going to really pull you through playoff series. So that's where the desperation to keep Otani in the rotation is. Andrew Haney was absolutely terrible his first game out. He's a guy that he sets up to be their number two. He's got to look like it. He's been kind of toying with us for quite a while now. He's got to, he's got to really uh, bite down and uh, really, really start to perform. But I'm, I'm not buying that pitching staff yet. So I think they're going to be in a lot of high scoring games, but I think they're also going to be going to be losing a lot of high scoring games because the other two teams are just more complete than they are. Fair enough. Uh, Staying in the East, we're going to talk about uh, the rank, uh, the Yankees and the Rays. We get our first look at the top two American League teams uh, going into this weekend. What are you expecting from that series? I'm expecting the Yankees to do pretty well. Uh, the Rays are going to take a little bit uh, of time to get set. Um, you know, uh, Glass now look like an ace. Uh, that's I, I'm not buying him as a Cy Young Award contender. Uh, I, I don't, I don't know if he'll ever have that kind of consistency. There's just, 
uh, command, moving parts, control, all those things have to really line up. And, you know, he's made vast improvements from where he was in the pirate system, but I'm not quite sold yet. Uh, I know he can go out and fire a 12 strikeout, uh, no run game, anytime out but he's also just as likely to go three innings and give up eight. So I'm uh, not quite there on him yet, even though it's a good sign that he was uh, so dominant in his first outing. But after that, they're still waiting to see what the staff's going to look like. Meanwhile, the Yankees, I think the Yankees are pretty much ready to pounce. Uh, the Jays gave him a, a really good underratedly tough series. Um, so so I'm going to go with the Yankees. I still think they're, they're going to take the East, but I think they're going to have to scratch it out versus the Jays and all the rest of the division is going to be up a little bit closer than a lot of people are picking. All right. Last, <clears throat> the last one I'm looking at this weekend is the Royals and the White Sox. I know it's surprising, but the Royals have started out hot. Do you think that continues coming into the weekend? I think it definitely, uh, I think it definitely can continue. Uh, the Sox, the thing that I love about the Sox is that, uh, that bullpen is looking like it was kind of advertised a ton of power in it. Uh, they're all performing, uh, Giolito, you got your ACE to start. And I think Lance Lynn did very well, uh, in the loss to, uh, to the, uh, the angels, uh, and I believe it was Saturday night. uh, it was the first game of the year. He ran out of gas a little bit. I think he still took a zero ERA for the game, but only went four and two thirds, uh, struck out six. Uh, you know, that's uh, the, the staff's good. Uh, the, the bats are getting off to a little bit of a slow start, except for Yerman Marcetes, who won this week's player of the year in the AL or player of the week in the AL. Um, that kid had a, a phenomenal, a phenomenal week, but, they're going to need the other the other bats to to start to click sooner rather than later because uh, as much as uh, he deserved the hype and the the praise after being the first player to go eight for eight to start a season, um, he uh, he also has exit velocities in the eighty five to eighty six mile per hour range, which is what you'd expect from a slap hitting shortstop. Uh, that wouldn't be so bad if he was zero for eight and was getting bad contact but the fact that uh he was he, he was so successful makes you wonder how long he can do that if that's really a legitimate number um so i definitely don't think that you're going to see this being something where he's going to be leading the offense those guys got to put it together and the royals are scrappy so so i i think i am going to be uh really looking at kc and, uh, and and giving them a, a, a shot at a very competitive balance series. All right, and last one right. quick before we uh, sign off for the night. The Dodgers just hung a nine spot on Oakland tonight. That makes five straight games. The A's have given up eight-plus runs. When do you see that streak ending? Oof. I, I actually liked Oakland's uh, chances to stay with them tonight because uh, I think Frankie Montas might be the best, uh, the best pitcher they got. So – I don't think it's as bad as it might be this series, just because it is the Dodgers. The Dodgers did have uh, some, some challenges coming their way in Coors uh, over the weekend. So, you know, they might be, they might be kind of settling back into more normal conditions now. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's definitely not good for the A staff. 
I think one of the big uh, the big guys that we might have to put a, a cell next to after this past weekend is Jesus Lazardo, uh, one of the most extremely highly praised pitching prospects in baseball the last few years. But at some point, you got to start to put it together. He's had some injury issues. He's had every now and then he'll come into some command issues. But then there are nights where he doesn't walk uh, many people. He strikes out people, but he's so much around the plate that he's hittable and that's what happened the other night and that's the difference between control and command so you know he even on nights where he's controlling well he's just too much around the plate and not getting that extra inch differential of where he's aiming for versus where he's missing so um you know he's he's a guy who's really got to put it together and i'm uh kind of disappointed in uh frankie montas if uh, he was the one who was on the hook for those uh those runs because uh, he's, I think, the most steadying, the, the biggest steadying force of that staff. All right. Well, that's going to wrap us up this week. It is a great time to be alive. Spring is here. Baseball is here. It is fantastic right now to be watching with fans in the stands even. Absolutely. Um, Definitely makes a difference. For sure. So for Dennis, this is Adam, and we're going to catch up with you next week.